Hi everyone, Samir and Samet here, and welcome back to our F1 podcast. Today we'll be talking about the 2023 Australian Grand Prix. And this was certainly a race worth waking up at 1am to watch. I mean, it had everything in it. And yeah. certainly um, one of the more exciting races and a race that F1 needed to bring some more life into this season. Well, I mean, F1 did need the chaos, but the controversy with the FIA, they really didn't need. This race yeah, had yeah. everything in it. It had good battles, it had a lot of chaos, and it obviously had some FIA controversy. But anyway, let's jump into FP1 now. Yeah, so moving on into FP1 then, a very critical and very important FP1 session for the drivers to get used to the track again. And it was the same old guy at the top. It was car number one who was in P1, and it was Max Verstappen who finished the session off in P1 for Red Bull. Yeah, but this was probably one of the most chaotic FP1s of the season so far. There were two red flags, and there were so many spins and offs absolutely everywhere from almost every driver. Yeah, one of the red flags was caused to a, because of like a GPS failure from the FIA, so they couldn't like track, or none of the teams I think could track where the cars were on the track, so um, they had to uh, bring out a red flag for that for safety reasons. And that caused a lot of traffic everywhere, especially there was this one moment on the exit of turn 10, there were like six cars together, and it looked like lap one of an actual race. But in reality, it was just GPS failure, and none of the teams knew where the cars were on track, and they all happened to meet there. And so it was extremely dangerous, but thankfully the FIA got it fixed. Yeah, and so we were talking about how there were a lot of drivers who went off the track. One of those drivers was Sergio Perez in the Red Bull, the man who's P2 in the championship, one point behind his teammate Max Verstappen. He has so many issues throughout this weekend that we would later on see and also in fp1 where he just couldn't get to get the confidence he wanted with the brakes so he was just locking up everywhere and going straight on and it was not at all what he needed yeah another driver his teammate max verstappen actually he had a lot of spins especially like near turn four turn five yeah. he spun right there and then he was going off at a lot of places like turn 11 so it was really um difficult it looked like for both drivers to get a handle on that Red Bull, but nevertheless, Verstappen did end up finishing P1 in this session. Yeah, yeah, and so obviously, like Red Bull, have, we've seen them have their fair issues in FP1s, but they've obviously gotten to grips with the cars later on. But another guy who needed to get a grip with his car was Yuki Sonoda, who had a big, big issue at turn one where he just lost the rear of his car and went straight off into the gravel and he was like bouncing all over the gravel and into the grass but luckily he was able to keep on going after that scary incident but luckily his car was okay talking about getting into the gravel we saw kevin magnuson at um what was it like turn three turn three kevin magnuson went deep and he went onto the gravel but he was able to save it but it was a really nasty moment for him and a lot of drivers we would see would struggle with that turn three tricky braking zone yeah george russell also had a few issues with his car that left him in the garage for quite some time so he needed to play some catch up too after um losing that much track time but his teammate lewis hamilton um he was having a he had no technical issues with his car and he seemed to um have some good speed with his mercedes around this track of course 
He's a really successful driver in qualifying here. He knows how to put a lap together around Albert Park. But through the turn 10 chicane, that fast um, left into right hand, um, he lost the rear end of his Mercedes, but he was luckily able to catch it before any serious issue happened. Yeah, he almost had a nasty incident with the Alpha Tauri down at turn 11. I don't yeah. know which Alpha Tauri it was, but um, he got... Um, he went deep into the corner Hamilton to try to avoid the Alpha Tauri and thankfully they didn't make contact but it was really scary for Hamilton and there was so much traffic we saw Joe Guan Yu at the final corner having to thread the needle between a Red Bull and Aston Martin and that was some really skillful driving from the Chinese driver to avoid a collision there but um the GPS failure was a really dangerous failure um from the FIA because a lot of teams didn't know where the cars were yeah. and so the drivers obviously albert park has a lot of blind corners and so the drivers need the communication from their engineers as to where the other cars are yeah and talking about another driver logan Sargent, the rookie for williams he had an issue with his car late on in the session that caused him to pull over at the new re newly reprofiled turn from last year um, it's a, the new 90 degree turn, turn 11, I think it is. But he had to pull over, um, he had to pull off to the side and because of some electrical issue with his car. So that ended his day early. And that's not what he needed, especially because he's a rookie and it's his first time ever driving around this circuit. So he needed as many laps as possible and that's not what he needed this And it also ended the session early yeah. too because there was not enough time left to restart. So they just ended the session there. And so with that, the um, P1 was Max Verstappen with a 118.790. Yeah. And then Lewis Hamilton came second. So that was a really good showing from him and Mercedes to split the Red Bulls because Sergio Perez came third. Then the ever-consistent Fernando Alonso and his Aston Martin fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Then came the two Ferraris. It was a decent session for Ferrari, showing some okay pace after absolutely wiping the field here last year with Charles Leclerc last year's race winner so Leclerc was fifth then Sainz was sixth and then came Lando Norris a strong result from him in the McLaren albeit seven tenths off the Red Bull it was still in the top 10 then Gasly eighth in the Alpine then Russell way behind his teammate in ninth and then Stroll tenth in his Aston Martin yeah so now moving on into FP2 then it was Fernando Alonso at P1 again so showing that he has some really good pace around this track of course he's really successful here and he said he loves this track too and in p2 was last year's winner Charles Leclerc and then Max Verstappen in p3 so moving into fp2 it was a wet session actually and so um the drivers this was like after it was drying up so it was wet but then it was drying up because this session comes right after the f2 qualifying where it was like really heavy rain and it was pouring down rain so here the drivers were just um playing on a changing track um driving around a changing track so they had to um get used to the conditions because there was now no more grip all the grip from fp1 was washed away from the rain so now they had to make good use of the session and get as much data as possible yeah but we still saw a lot of traffic we saw sergio perez blocked by um an aston martin at the penultimate corner yeah. and then exit of turn 10 he was blocked by an alfa romeo so Perez was really annoyed with his team for putting him in gaps like this where there was just so much traffic and then we also saw later on Carlos Sainz having to um, push Max Verstappen almost through turn 11 as he tried to get past the Red Bull 
there was just so much traffic everywhere this weekend. Yeah, and also even in the pit lane too, there was traffic because um coming out of his pits, um one of the Aston Martins nearly ran into the back of Lando Norris after a pretty unsafe release, and it just got even more worse for Lando Norris as after he was coming out of the pits into turn one, he just lost the rear end of his car and he went straight on. But luckily there was no damage done. But later on throughout the session, then it started raining again. So the drivers had to come in, and if they wanted to go back out, they had to fit the intermediate tires. And Lance Stroll put on the intermediate tires, and at the end of um, turn three, I think it is, he went off into the gravel. But luckily, he was able to keep it going, and luckily there was no major damage done to his car, but just a scary incident on a changing track. Yep, but his teammate Alonso was able to handle it a lot better because Alonso put in some really quick times. Before, obviously, in the dry, he put the fastest yeah. lap. And then um, in the wet, too, he seemed to handle the conditions a lot better than Stroll. So Alonso seemed to be getting to grips a lot better than Stroll with this car at Albert Park. Yeah, but it was just mainly all the drivers were just having some issues with just the lack of grip there were when, once it started raining. But there was no major crash or anything. And so at the end, all the competitive times were done before the rain had started. So it was Fernando Alonso in P1, ahead of Charles Leclerc in P2, then Verstappen third, Russell fourth for Mercedes, Sainz fifth, Ocon sixth, Sergio Perez seventh, Lando Norris eighth, Nico Hülkenberg ninth, and then Pierre Gasly in tenth place for Alpine. Yep, now going on to FP3 and the final session um, before qualifying and... This was a miserable session for Sergio Perez. Yeah. Just absolutely not able to get used to his car at all. Perez was just sliding all over the place. And he um was really struggling, especially with turn three, because um he just kept locking the front right, and that kept sending him straight on into that gravel trap. And again, he was also complaining about traffic and his team putting him in really bad gaps. And then we saw Perez go um, or wide at the penultimate corner. He locked the front left this time, and he just went straight on. So it was a miserable session from him. Yeah, not at all what he needed, especially on the day of qualifying too. And we would see later on that he this would have an impact in his qualifying, just the lack of getting to grips with his car and the lack of brakes. So that's not at all what he needed. Whereas on the other side of the garage, Max Verstappen was having the time of his life in P1 again in this session and um, also looking really good in his car as usual as we've seen throughout this season and the last couple of seasons. And also looking good was Fernando Alonso in the Aston Martin on the soft tire runs. He was looking like that maybe he could challenge Max Verstappen in the Red Bull or any other team. It looked like Aston Martin were once again the second best team coming into this weekend. Yeah, but um, Mercedes seemed to have a lot of pace, though. While Russell did get um, a bit of traffic from Lance Stroll at the um, new fast turn six, Ham- he was also looking quick. And also Hamilton looked quick, too. Despite Hamilton being eighth and Russell being fourth, the Mercedes seemed to have a lot of pace in this FP3 session. Yeah, also, like, another team's... So Russell was also, they were having some, um, Hamilton was having some issues with the traffic too, with getting blocked by the Aston Martin as well. But other than that, he seemed to have a really um good session, I think, in his terms, considering where the car is. Of course not, he would want to be fighting at the front, but 
the car he's given is performing really well, I think. Yeah, but one team that had been like underperforming quite a bit so far um throughout these practice sessions was definitely Alfa Romeo. Yeah. While Joe Guan Yu did finish P10 in FP3, Bottas finished 15th, and Joe was struggling this session. He's um had a spin at turn one and two that area, and that um he was able to save it, but just both drivers weren't able to extract any performance out of their cars. So the Alfa Romeo package here wasn't that strong. Yeah, Carlos Sainz also had a spin at turn 11. Well, it was more like um he locked the rears, I think, and went like sliding off. And luckily, he was able to keep it, though. Um, he didn't go into the barriers or anything, and he was able to get it out of the gravel. But he would just make sure that he wouldn't want to do that in his qualifying run. Yeah, Kevin Magnussen did the same in FP3. He um put two tires on the... um gravel at the exit of turn 11 and then he went straight on at the penultimate corner same thing like what Sergio Perez did kind of so a lot of drivers struggling with the penultimate corner turn one two and especially turn three and turn 11 yeah there was also some debris going into the turn nine and ten chicane that flew off the alpha tarry and nearly got collected up by Charles Leclerc but luckily I don't think anyone collected up the debris so um was good. yeah that was good but at the end of FP3, then, it was Max Verstappen at the top. But just the 10th back, it was Fernando Alonso in P2. And then um, two more tenths back was Esteban Ocon in P3 for Alpine. So Alpine was just three tenths off the Red Bull of Max Verstappen. And then George Russell in P4, ahead of the other Alpine of Pierre Gasly in 5th. Then Sergio Perez in 6th, Carlos Sainz 7th, Hamilton 8th, Stroll 9th, and then Joe Gonyu in 10th. Yep, so now going into Q1 now, and immediately off the bat, we saw the American Logan Sargent struggling in his Williams. Yeah. Again, um, struggling at the penultimate corner. But this time, his was pretty awkward. Like, he went a bit deep into um the final, the penultimate corner, and then he just got trigger-happy on the throttle and just completely looped his Williams around. Yeah. And so it was not the ideal start to qualifying that Logan Sargent would have wanted. But um, after that, we saw an, a really big shock. The um, last race um, winner, the Saudi Arabia winner, Sergio Perez, he went again struggling with that turn three. Yep. He overcooked it. He went late on the brakes, but he couldn't stop it. Um, he locked the front right and just could not get his Red Bull turned in. Went straight on into the gravel. And then this time, though, he beached his Red Bull and he wasn't able to get it um, out of the gravel. And so he would be starting P20, and that was not what Sergio Perez would be wanting. Yeah, he actually, when he went off the track, he um, it's not like he in, immediately got beached into the gravel. Just the angle he was at, he his front two tires were on the escape road, but then the wall was right there, so he couldn't actually turn his car. Um, so that's when, when he tried to reverse, I think, or turn his car, that's when he actually beached himself. So if he came in from a slightly wider angle, more from the left, then he would have actually made it um, onto the escape road, I think, and then he would have um, continued on with his session. But um, unfortunately, he didn't, like, crash his car or anything. He just got stuck in the gravel. And that's the good thing about gravel traps is that they punish the drivers when they make a mistake. So I think that's what I like about gravel traps. Yeah, it does um, really define track limits for drivers yeah, a lot that's more. Also so true. they don't get away with, like, um these track limits it helps the FIA enforce them better they and they also um 
um they some people might say they are dangerous but they do actually prevent crashes because they do slow the cars down quite a bit so yeah. they're also pretty safe too in terms of preventing like high speed crashes into the walls yeah but t- going back to Logan Sargent too he is again another qualifying where he just couldn't get a really competitive lap and he did get like a competitive lap in but like no, he just even he said um he made um, some mistakes on those laps and he never really delivered a lap in which that he was really proud of and so as we like came to the very end of Q1 there were lots of drivers finishing their laps such as Pierre Gasly, Joe Guan Yu on uh, and the home favorite Oscar Piastri, Pierre Gasly as he came to the line then um to finish his run he improved to P13 to go out of Q1 um, temporarily and then Joe Guan Yu in his Alfa Romeo trying to salvage something good he wasn't able to improve his time but Oscar yeah. Piastri the home favorite even with three personal best sectors he was not able to um improve on his lap time yeah. and not get out of Q1 going back to the Alfa Romeos again they struggled in qualifying and they just could not get um good lap times and Bottas down in 19th out of 19th so he was genuinely the slowest one out of all yeah. of these drivers and Joe Guan Yu not that much better just two places higher than him so really disappointing from Alfa Romeo after looking quick in previous um races here they just could not deliver in qualifying and then the home favorite Oscar Piastri just um could not extract as much out of his McLaren just combined lack of experience as well as um McLaren's not so great pace he just could not get out of Q1 in his home race yeah so now yeah also Logan Sargent got eliminated um there was no surprise there as he said he couldn't deliver a lap together um a proper clean lap on the last run he had a personal best far sector and then um on a uh, yellow middle sector which is like you, he hasn't improved at all green is par- personal best purple is fastest out of everyone and then yellow is slower than um your personal best so sergeant had a yellow personal uh, yellow second sector and then he just couldn't deliver then and finished the lap thoroughly yep so now going on into um q2 and uh, actually um and the end uh, results for q1 were sergio perez would start 20th because he didn't get a lap in then bottas 19th sergeant 18th yeah. then joe guanyu 17th then oscar piastri 16th yeah so now going into q2 then um we saw landon norris have trouble with yeah. his mclaren that was at pretty turn good. three yeah where you locked up similar to sergio perez but not as severe consequences as Sergio Perez as he was able to keep going yeah. he just took the escape road and then got out of the gravel and was able to continue on with his session Norris yeah Norris didn't go in as deep and so he didn't really go fully into the gravel he just went like his right wheels were still like on the grass ish area and yeah. then um his left two wheels were on the gravel so not as bad as Perez but still he would not want to be doing that cuz the tires would have gone ruined he would have gone gravel like on underneath his floor and stuff yeah and also then now uh, towards the end of Q2 what we were seeing now are the drivers like the two hasses of Magnussen and Hulkenberg and Nick DeFries all trying to get out of the bottom 5 and the field was so tight the top 10 were all separated by under a second um from P10 to P1 it was all i think um just 7 tenths of a second in between them and even the bottom 5 to were all within less than a second so there's a very very fine fine margins to make sure that you could get out 
of Q2 and Magnuson couldn't improve. He was start um he was just in P12 and his teammate Nico Hulkenberg improved a lot to P3 to get out of Q2. Um then we saw the Alpha Tauri of Nick DeFries trying to improve his time and he couldn't improve and he was just P14 too. So Alpha Tauri once again a disappointing result yeah, for them. It was really disappointing for Alpha Tauri. Their um team boss France Toss has already said like he doesn't trust his um engineers that much now because of the lack of performance Alpha Tauri have had these past few years or these past couple of years actually. Yeah. But um again disappointing at Albert Park. So Alpha Tauri will really need to turn it around. And also, I feel like DeFries needs to be more consistent because while he is still a rookie, he does have a, um, a lot of racing experience. So maybe he just needs more time with um, to get used to the Alpha Tauri, but he needs to soon start um, matching Sonoda. Yeah, Sonoda could only improve to 12. So that's not what he needed as well. So just like what you were saying too, the France Toss not happy about the Alpha Tauri's performance. That's also reflective in this session too and um especially after last season they had a pretty bad car but to be out in q2 i think is kind of a step up from last year where they were getting out in q um one so i think they made some decent progress but um the so the bottom we five also, here though we actually yeah. also saw um while kevin magnuson surprisingly kevin magnuson got out in p13 and nico hulkenberg ended that session p4 so that's a lot of um, that's a big gap between the two Haas cars. So yeah. that was really surprising there because Magnussen and Hulkenberg are both like two like um drivers that are close in talent, yeah, yeah, close in caliber. And so it was a really um big shock for me to see like them so far apart in this Q two session. Yeah. So the bottom five who got eliminated were Nick DeFries. Kevin Magnussen, Lando Norris, Yuki Sonoda, and Esteban Ocon in the Alpine too. He got that eliminated. That was a shock. Yeah, especially after all the um, pace that the Alpine showed throughout practice. For Esteban Ocon to get out, that's not what Alpine needed at all. But fair play to Alex Albon in the Williams to getting through into Q3 for the first time this season. Obviously on a track where he scored his first points for Williams last year after that incredible, I think, like, yeah. 56 laps stint. Lap stint or something like that. Yeah, on the hard tire, and then he pitted on the last lap to get soft tires, and he was able to score that point. So he clearly likes this track a lot. And the track, of course, where he made his F1 debut back in 2019, too. Yep. So now going into Q3, and um, immediately it was Verstappen who set the pace. And then right after that, though, Alonso was able to nip that... Um, provisional pole off him and then came the challenge the two ferraris leclerc though could only manage second and then Sainz went up to second and then russell went up to second so naturally we expected hamilton to go up to second but hamilton actually went on to provisional pole so that was a really good lap from hamilton and mercedes right there um showing all that um pace in q3 here so that was really nice to see yeah, Hamilton blitzed the final sector too, and that's exactly what got him up there. Just by three one-hundredths of a second, he nipped provisional pole off of Fernando Alonso too. But there were still a lot of drivers behind, like Pierre Gasly too, with two personal best sectors. He couldn't um, improve though. He was still behind 
um, <laughs> Alex Albon, who was actually on a really yeah. good lap. Talking about blitzing sectors, Albon had blitzed the middle sector. Yeah, and that's what he was just showing all throughout this Q3 session and even Q2, showing that he really loved the middle sector and that the Williams was suited for that sector because he just kept, as soon as his name kept popping up, I just saw purple every time. And um, it was just uh, really good for him. But he was still not good enough um, in terms of the overall lap time because he was still, still clearly losing time in the first and second sector because he could only manage 7-2. And Max Verstappen, when he went out for his next one, he, um, just by 9 one-thousandths of a second, was able to claim provisional pole back ahead of um, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, we all thought it would be really close after seeing that. Like, I thought when I saw Verstappen go up only by nine thousand into p1 i thought it would be really close between verstappen and hamilton or even russell yeah. for that pole position but then on the final runs verstappen pulls a lap out of absolutely nowhere yep. and goes five tenths ahead of hamilton's best time and hamilton he couldn't improve um to beat verstappen no one could improve alonso went up um stroll went up to fourth and alonso he tried as he might he could only get onto the front row, and then Sainz went up to third, and then the two Mercedes challenged, and we saw Russell get onto the front row, and then Hamilton go P3. So really nice from the Mercedes, but they were still two or three tenths off of Verstappen's pole time. But nevertheless, it was Mercedes two and three, which was really nice. And it looked yeah. really promising for the race. I think Toto Wolff, he was smiling actually after that. So he was definitely pleased with that. I think every Mercedes fan and all the people at Mercedes would have been delighted with that result. Because that's exactly what they needed after a not so good start to the season. Yeah, so it would be Max Verstappen on pole position. And then two tenths behind was George Russell. And then came Hamilton um, third. So Mercedes two and three. Then came Alonso fourth in the Aston Martin. So Mercedes actually out-qualifying Aston Martin, which was a good step forward for them. And then yep. Carlos Sainz came fifth in his Ferrari. Then Stroll splitting the Ferraris because Stroll was sixth and Leclerc was seventh. Then Albon eighth in the Williams. Really strong effort from Albon. Then came Gasly ninth in the Alpine that we thought had a lot more pace. And then Nico Hulkenberg yeah. tenth in the half. Yeah. So now moving on to the race and the main Grand Prix where all the drama happened. So at lights out, we saw Max Verstappen get a not so good launch and George Russell from P2 got a really good reaction time and he was um, immediately challenging Verstappen into turn one. So into turn one then, it was Verstappen, he tried to go around the outside but he break that he braked later but Russell just had the inside line and he was able to take the lead of the Australian Grand Prix and Lewis Hamilton was now challenging Max Verstappen but Fernando Alonso was there now so towards turn three as they came it was three wide between Hamilton <coughs> Verstappen and Carlos Sainz as well so um towards turn three then Verstappen was in the middle and Hamilton on the inside line he was able to take the position and claim second place that was cool to see that was cool yeah, but in the background there, we saw Charles Leclerc spinning off into the gravel at last so, year. That was not so cool. Yeah, I mean, it was cool for me because I, I like Red Bull. But yeah, um, Leclerc going off into the gravel after being tapped by Lance Stroll. And um, so the last year's race winner made it a second DNF out of three races this season. And Charles Leclerc couldn't get his car out of the gravel. And looking back on that incident, I just view it as a racing incident because 
obviously it was three wide i think they're going into that turn and um uh leclerc was just i think he was too ambitious with his turn in um he kind of took the turn in that like stroll wasn't there and stroll was certainly there and leclerc no, yeah, felt but, it afterwards but then again um stroll couldn't do anything and leclerc wouldn't have known there would have been alonso on the inside of both of them so yeah. um it was obviously like you said just a racing incident because stroll knew there were two cars alonso thought there was only one and leclerc thought there was only one so Nothing really Leclerc could have done differently. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but obviously that ended his race early, and that's not at all what he needed. But um, luckily they were able to get that car out quickly. And then moving on into lap 7, then, we saw a mistake from Alexander Albon, who was running so well. He and was, was having all weekend. Yeah, and he just made a mistake in the very fast-flowing turn, right-hand turn. That's turn... Um, turn 6. Yeah, turn 6. And he just lost the rear of his car and hit the um, the signs on the very left after going onto the gravel too. And then he just lost the front wing of his car and uh, it was a DNF from him. And that brought out the safety car too. And um, going back to his crash though, that kicked up a lot of gravel yeah. onto the track. And so we saw a lot of drivers avoiding that gravel and Hulkenberg had a really nasty scare. Like he almost collected... Albon's wrecked, wrecked Williams, but yeah, thankfully yeah. he was able to avoid it. But that was pretty scary when you saw the driver's eye on board from Hulkenberg. That was yeah. really scary. And that brought out the, not only the safety car, but they later upgraded it to the red full red flag too. So that brought us the first red flag of this race. And that really messed up Russell because Russell yeah. and Sainz had given up track position to pit under the safety car. And then the FIA brought out the red flag. And you're allowed to change tires under red flag conditions. So that completely messed up both the Russell and Sainz. And that also caused a lot of traffic at turn 6 because of the red flag. All the drivers were slowing down trying to um, meet the Delta requirement. And that caused a huge traffic jam. And we saw um, Logan Sargent nearly run into one of the... Um, nearly run into the back of the Alfa Romeo, and then we saw another car to go straight on from into the gravel to avoid the incident. It was one of the hasses, so that was another very dangerous incident of another all the traffic issues that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. So it was really, um, really just a mess throughout this whole weekend with the traffic and around Albert Park. A lot worse than previous years, though. Yeah, so now moving on to the second standing start. This time it was Lewis Hamilton in pole position with Max Verstappen in P2. So at lights out, it was Lewis Hamilton with a really good reaction time. And he shot ahead of Max Verstappen and kept his lead into turn one. And Verstappen was under pressure from Fernando Alonso. So the top four going towards turn three, it was um, Lewis Hamilton in P1. Then um, Verstappen in P2, Alonso P3, and then Pierre Gasly in P4. But towards turn 3 then, Russell was being put under pressure from Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. But they were all clean except the Alpha Tauri of, Yuki, of um, Nick DeFries, number 21. He, was, he um, got bounced up into the air after being made contact by um, one of the other cars. And um, luckily, he was able to keep on going, though, and there was no major damage done to his car. Yeah, uh, De Vries, he just got clipped um, by, it looked like, one of the um, Alpines. Of, it was Esteban Ocon. Yeah. He got clipped, and that just sent him wide and almost into the gravel at turn three. But De Vries was able to hold it. Yeah. And so, moving on now to lap 12, 
we saw Verstappen trying to overtake Hamilton for the lead and um through that fast section leading up into turn nine, the new DRS section, um mm-hmm. where the Red Bull just absolutely breathed past the Mercedes. Yeah. And so Verstappen was able to um um get into Hamilton by the time they got to turn nine. And so because of the Red Bull's pace that allowed Perez to um quickly fight through the field and Perez was making moves too, as was George Russell, who was overtaking Gasly for fourth place um on lap thirteen. But then just as we thought Russell would make his way up into the podium places, we saw later on on lap eighteen Russell losing places and we were wondering what's going on, did he spin or something? Yeah. But no, it was his Mercedes engine becoming a flamethrower. Yep, there were flames flame. shooting out of it and he had to pull over on the main straight on the very right hand side of it near the um, pit wall and he that caused a retirement again and um, not at all what Mercedes needed after showing a lot of pace potentially enough pace to make it a double podium too so that's um that just potentially threw away a podium and a ton of points in their fight for P2 in the championship versus Aston Martin. Yep, and Russell actually, he couldn't go into the pit while he could have um, because he was near it. He actually um, physically couldn't because um, cars were overtaking him through the... Um, and They were overtaking him and they were getting in the way of him and the pit entrance. So Russell had to crawl all the way down the main straight and then pull over at the exit of turn one. So Yeah. So on lap 21-2, we saw Sergio Perez making his way through the field after making a really nice move in the same spot that his teammate Verstappen did. Perez went down the inside of Esteban Ocon and was able to keep the position. Both and Red Bulls were enjoying overtaking at that spot. Yeah, and then a lap later, too, he was able to get past the home favorite Oscar Piastri in the um, McLaren, too. And then on lap 25, then, we saw Carlos Sainz get past Pierre Gasly too. Yeah, after being stuck behind the Alpine for so long, he sent it to the inside of turn three and was able to get past the Alpine that he'd been stuck behind for so long. It was a good move. It was like a dummy. He faked, signs faked outside and then really lately switched to the inside and he almost clipped the back of Gasly, but luckily he didn't and Sainz was able to get into P4. Yeah, lap 48-2, we saw the camera suddenly pan to Max Verstappen, and he started, like, weaving on the main straight, trying to, it looked like, clear some dust off his tires, and we were all wondering what happened, and it turns out he went wide at the penultimate turn, and so that's struggling with that corner. Yeah, with the brakes on the hard tires, he locked the front, he said, so, um, just... Luckily, it wasn't too bad of an incident. He didn't spin or anything. He was still like still eight seconds ahead of Lewis Hamilton when he joined back. So um, it didn't cost him a ton of time, but it still um, it still definitely reduced the gap. Yep. Now on to lap fifty-two, we saw Lando Norris trying to overtake Hulkenberg, and he was fighting in the points with Lando Norris. So McLaren fighting in the points, trying to get their first points of the season, and Norris was um. Um, fake to the outside at turn eleven, and then he got tried to get the switch back into turn um in on the exit of turn eleven, and he did so. Going into turn twelve, he forced Hulkenberg off the track, and Hulkenberg went off onto the gravel. But it was um while it didn't look that clean, it was still fair, and Norris was able to get up into P eight to further extend McLaren's points gathering for from this race. 
Yeah, and then so on lap 53, we saw a really big incident where Kevin Magnuson went wide on the exit of turn two and hit his um, right rear tire on the wall, and that sent his tire off, and the tire went flying out onto the track too. I think it, like a piece of debris also flew up from the stands too, and I think hit a person. Yeah, I read afterwards, yeah, but that caused a um, a lot of debris to be um, spewed out onto the track. And a lot of sparks were flying out. So that not that was originally a safety car. But then they also got upgraded to a red flag. With just um one lap remaining to the red flag was thrown out. That was really controversial though. Because yeah. that red flag, I don't think it needed to be a red flag. Because while there might have been like small pieces of debris, it didn't look... It, there didn't seem to be a lot of like major debris enough for there to be a red flag. It looked like just the tire rolled away. But... I don't think the tire was even on the racing line. I think a safety car would have been perfectly fine. So I don't know why it needed to be a red flag. And this is where yeah. like all the mess started. Because yeah. a lot of drivers were confused as to why there was a red flag. And that caused another standing star. And this was probably the most ca- um, chaotic standing star we've had in like probably of Since Mugello 2022. 2020 i think yeah so for the third time at lights out we was verstappen on pole hamilton alongside him verstappen got a good reaction time and this time he kept his lead into turn one but now towards turn one this is where all the drama happened so pierre gasly locked up he went wide and that um also that so he went wide and behind him sergio perez went wide too and in front of them we saw carlos Sainz hit fernando alonso and alonso went spinning off and in the very back, we saw um, Nick DeFries and Logan Sargent both flying out into the gravel. Total chaos. I yeah. So um, Sargent just, um, he said he braked where he normally braked um, in the previous laps. But just he just felt like nothing was up to temperature. And he um, ran into the back of Nick DeFries. And both of them were out of the race. And then to, on the exit of turn two, it was a teammate crash between the Alpines as um, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly ran into each other. Um, Gasly cut across Ocon from what it looked like, and he just didn't see his teammate there, and both drivers were out, and that was just a really big mess and a really big crash with debris everywhere. And just as we thought it couldn't get any worse, we saw Stroll trying to overtake signs, and Stroll cooked it, overcooked it on the brakes, and he went wide, deep into turn three. And that sent it into the gravel, and at that point, the FIA had enough, and they brought out another red flag. Yeah, but the the key with this red flag was that they hadn't completed a sector yet. So if you remember back to the 2021 British Grand Prix, 2022 British Grand Prix, at Turn 1, where all the um, damage happened from that race, and how at the next standing start, they reverted back to the original positions. To end off this race, they reverted back to the positions that they started at that third standing start which meant that although Alonso was down in P12 he um he went back up into P3 as they came and crossed the line and so this is where another bit of controversy came in because Carlos Sainz was given a 5 second time penalty for hitting Fernando Alonso and causing him to spin out but the um Alonso being spun out ultimately and had um, no impact on his result but the penalty still applied to Carlos Sainz and so he was still penalized even though um, Alonso was still he still claimed a podium 
science was still thrown from P4 down to P12 and really out of the weird. points. So I don't know what that was about because um, the incident ultimately had no impact on Alonso's outcome, but it did have an impact on science's outcome because of the penalty. Science basically got penalized for a lap that didn't even exist. Yeah. Because they basically scratched that lap and reverted to the original um penalty um original like uh, order. Yes, starting and order. I would have understood if they had um done the order that like had happened right when they threw out that red flag, but because they went back to the original order, it's so weird that they still kept the um penalty for signs and especially that um it was a re- restart that they ended the race on that had yeah. a huge impact on science's ending position. Yeah. So then, of course, after all of that controversy, on lap 58, when the um, safety car went in and they resumed racing, they resumed racing technically, Max Verstappen crossed the line to win for the first time in Australia and take Red Bull's first win here at Albert Park since 2011. Lewis Hamilton came home and peed two for his first podium and Mercedes' first podium of the season. And now Hamilton becomes the first F1 driver to score a podium in 17 consecutive seasons. Wow. Yeah. So that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, and Fernando Alonso came home to make it three podiums out of three races in 2023. Looks like he's the new Mr. Consistency, honestly. Yeah, and so it was 11 world titles on the podium for that race, seven with Hamilton, Two with Verstappen and two with Alonso. And Sainz came across the line in P4. But then after his penalty was dropped down all the way to P12 and out of the points. So then Lance Stroll inherited fourth place for Aston Martin. Sergio Perez with their insane recovery up into P5. Lando Norris in P6 for McLaren taking um their first points of the season. Nico Hulkenberg in seventh for Haas. His first points for Haas. And then Oscar Piastri in P8 for McLaren. Double points for McLaren. And first points for Oscar Piastri in Formula 1. And then At his home race. Yeah, in his home race. That's special. And Joe Guan Yu in P9 for Alfa Romeo. Um, it, I don't know if that's his first points of the season or not. But Yuki Sonoda, I know it is his first points of the season as well for Alfa Tauri. And then Sergio Perez took the fastest lap of the race. Sonoda after finishing P11 in Bahrain and Jeddah, he finally got points here with P10. So yeah. that was nice. Yep. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of our podcast. And be sure to join us next time as we take a look at the 2023 Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Thank you.